You're listening to Around the King's Table, a podcast of the Mount Church in Clemson, South Carolina, with Pastor George Marshall and Pastor Brian Mann. Pull up a chair and listen in as they seek to serve up biblical dialogue for building disciples of Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Around the King's Table. I'm Brian, and with me... It's George. The Alaskan theological assassin. We're still working on that title. (laughs) Brother, in our last episode, we reflected on 1 Peter. That's what our church has been studying since February. Uh, It's been a very fruitful letter to preach for, or to preach through personally, and... um, And recently we heard from it on the good life and how an essential aspect of the truly good life, uh, even receiving sort of the priority position in that that passage there, is making, maintaining, and maturing in these grace-filled relationships Mm -hmm. in the context of your local church. Sure. And so today, uh, that's what we want to have some dialogue about. Uh, Peter's, we'll call them five keys to the church's essential cruciform or cross-shaped fellowship. And he gives those to us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And so I'm just going to read the verse for us, and then we'll, we'll discuss it. Does that sound good to you? Sure. That's all good. right. So here's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, Peter writes this. He says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Sets the bar kind of high. <laughs> by grace, brother, by grace, we can carry it out. So first, George, this obviously has some context to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you help us maybe frame the verse here? Anything gone before it that lets us know that this is really important and why that might be? Yeah, I think the, the best framing uh, that comes before is, is it's verses 21 through 26 where we get a, a picture of Jesus both the, the the cross what he's sacrificed what the trials he's been through that you know basically our gift of grace to us just as you already mentioned mm-hmm. and then also just that picture of Jesus as somebody who who doesn't revile who accepts the penalty even though he yeah. didn't do anything unjustly and so as an example for this church that Peter is writing to of being faithful in the midst of trial and temptation in a world that is contrary to the mm-hmm. movement of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That just about gets at everything I was going to say as well. <laughs> um, so I kind of, just because of how my brain works, I, I broke it down into four C's, mm. uh, community, cross culture and commission. Uh, so the, the local church, I think we were seeing in first Peter is called to be a supernatural community that embodies and reflects the cross in this culture, in our culture, as a matter of faithfulness to Christ's internal local church and external to the world commission. So I think that's sort of the the context that Peter has set for this verse eight. Um, It's that the Christian is supposed to be a part of a new creation community in the midst of this world and that we're to have our own gospel culture mm-hmm. in inside the church 
And again, what, what Peter is doing, as you mentioned, is he's, he's focusing us there. Really, the, the, the apex of the letter is there in chapter 2, verses 21 to 25. He's focusing us on the cross, mm-hmm. on Christ crucified. We're to be embodying what we see of him on the cross and then displaying, reflecting that out into this culture, which is going to be very not Christ sure. crucified. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think that's and that's reflected. Yeah. I mean, I would actually, you know, so we're framing it maybe in just earlier in First Peter, but I think a, a bigger frame that we can get is actually mm-hmm. kind of going back to a picture of Jesus. So we have Jesus crucified, but we also have then Jesus teaching. And so a framing element would be go back to Sermon on the Mount yeah. and Jesus kind of reversals, especially in the Beatitudes. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, it's the the good life. Mm-hmm. It may be another way of, you know, this mm-hmm. is the the fruitful life or the the, the mm-hmm. flourishing life. And so we see in the Beatitudes, this whole idea of, you know, blessed, you know, blessed are those who this, and really what we're talking about is not so much, you know, gracious gift as this is the the fruitful life. This is the way to have mm-hmm. a good life in community. And then the, have that yep. community expand almost the, you know, for, for Mando that th- those Mandalorian fans out there, you know, this is the way, <laughs> this is the way that's yeah. right. And, uh, and again, it has, there's, there's, so we think of uh, this commission that we're getting in or this call that we're getting in First Peter. I mean, it is really um, twofold in the sense that the church, if we're embodying these, these five things that we're going to talk about, the church is supposed to be um, a refuge for its individual members mm-hmm. in this world. The world is, is going to be um, unkind to faithful, biblical evangelical Christianity. Absolutely. And so what they're experiencing out in the world in in being faithful to Jesus, they ought to be able to come in, however bruised and beaten they are by it, into Mm -hmm. the church and find a culture that is going to smell of Christ, is going to give off the aroma of Christ. You know, there's going to be grace and love and charity and, and just a place of refuge and safety for them. And at the same time that the church is then being that we're also being sort of this lighthouse to mm-hmm. to the darkened world as well, mm-hmm. where outsiders or unbelievers are able to see, look at what Jesus is making of this people. Absolutely. You know? yep. and, and, and hopefully that has a drawing or an, an attracting effect on, on unbelievers. They're able to come in amongst the church and be like, this is not like anything that I experience out in, in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of, of community. Right. And so these are essential. Like these, these five things Peter's saying are what really should be marking a church where the cross of Christ is at the very heart of mm-hmm. that community. Yep. Okay. So uh, I'll ask you, is, is any Christian then exempt from this calling? Mm. If you find yourself, you know, stuck on a deserted island and can't reach anybody <laughs> for some reason, okay, yeah. I, I'm going to, ex- but, uh, but otherwise, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. If you're on that deserted island and you are a believer in Christ, hopefully that means that someone else is there and has preached the gospel to you. Yeah, so you should go. have some kind of community <laughs> that reflects this on that deserted island. You can pray for community to, to right. other fellow stranded people. Right. Well, what I'm pointing uh, us to there is actually in the verse where he, you know, prior to this, starting in uh, 2, uh, I guess it's 2.13, somewhere around there, he's mm. he's begun to identify specific groups of people within the church. Right. 
Uh, so whether it's a husband or a wife or servants or masters, masters or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. here in verse 8, he comes and says, finally, what? All of you, all of you, yeah. all of you it out. have unity of mind and so on and so forth. So it doesn't that's not seem a, to me. That's not an all of you even beyond, but that is specific to the body. He's, mm-hmm. he's not writing the letter to just anybody who's going to right. read it. It is to, to the church. To the church, yeah. right. So if you're a Christian, you should be a part of a church and, and this would be part of your, your calling as a part of that church. And so though it's obvious, what does that mean? What does a verse like this mean? Again, about an individual Christian in relationship to a local church. Yeah, I mean, it means that if we want to be effective in our calling as ambassadors for Christ, uh, effectively, we need that local body. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because our our just being intellectually sound in our faith, theologically astute, um, having the right words to say um, doesn't have a lot of impact if people don't actually see us living together um, in Christian love, um, Mm -hmm. in Christian unity of mind, of purpose, of, of... value set mm-hmm. actually demonstrated people go what what, what am i missing what mm-hmm. what what don't i have or what you know how yeah. how are they responding to their trials differently they don't see that when we're just on our own or living faith solitary mm-hmm. um, but they do see that when we live in community mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it's just saying that that you as a christian should not be isolated from christ kind of community mm-hmm. And if you are, come home. Yeah. Come home. Uh, we live in a, in a day where people are more isolated mm-hmm. than ever. Yep. Uh, if you feel ostracized and alone in the world, you don't have to stay that way. Right. Uh, you can have a family yep. here. You can have a family in the local church, the family that's going to endure forever, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. And if you feel that way in the church, right? if you're part of a church and you feel ostracized, isolated, alone, this is probably a place where we should just say, God, forgive us. Yeah. You know, uh, this verse teaches us as a church to be vigilant, to take care at all times, to be a refuge for souls that embodies the embracing heart of Christ for them. Yeah. And so... Yeah, this is this is one that has has. I mean, we're doing an episode on it because I think it is it has been a it's been a good um, kind of burden mm-hmm. that's fallen upon our hearts. Is that we would we would be the kind of church that embodies the grace of Christ towards one another, right. and um, yeah, as as a corollary, yeah. you know, often I mean, if we're if we're seeing sort of another cautionary is if we're seeing that we're surrounding ourselves with community that's outside the church mm. and letting our mm. church connections atrophy, it, it, it's a right place to start you know, questioning. How are we, are we being the ones influenced? Are we influencing with the, with, mm-hmm. with Christ's way of building community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's just step through these five keys uh, to the church's essential cruciform, Fellowship. Uh, what does Peter imply by unity of mind? Okay. Uh, that we have a common purpose instead of values that we're you know, mm-hmm. chasing after. So, I mean, as we uh, approach the life in community, it is one directed at bringing other people into the kingdom and demonstrating 
this kind of life that we can deal with sacrifice and trial and we can go to Christ, that he, he's the, so the center of this. So There's not mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different com- competing ways to follow Christ, but kind of one way, a, a shared community way of, of approaching Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of gets into that idea. We already kind of mentioned it just of being an ambassador. And an ambassador just doesn't have the words to share, but he also backs up that those words with a kingdom character. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's in a foreign nation. He's telling them what, you know, his country has sent him to say, but they're actually watching also his character and the way he behaves himself because that's how they know what that nation is about. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing here, we have that unity of mind is really, you know, we're going to approach the world and each other with a common frame of reference that mm-hmm. we're saved we're, we're, and we're dependent um, on God's gracious gift. Mm-hmm. So I think all that comes into that. Mm-hmm. unity of mind yeah not exactly uniformity exactly of mind but but definitely unity of mind where there's a it seems to be at least a, a general might even say a mental assent to to the truth of god's word mm-hmm. um at least in a, and especially just in first order kinds of doctrines and stuff like that and then also a general assent to to the overall purpose of god in christ for yeah. the church and for our, our local church specifically yeah, i mentioned the the beatitudes and kind of bringing mm-hmm. it back to this because i see them kind of flowing through each of these this they one are. really backs yeah. up too. Uh, one you know he calls us to be peacemakers mm-hmm. he says the, the blessed are the peacemakers and this is a, an element of that mm-hmm. unity of mind is we're making peace we're bringing yeah. into that unity of mind and then also just the idea of being hungering and thirsting after righteousness mm-hmm. it's really having that focus directed at a common end mm-hmm. yeah I do think, so I'll ask this as well, <clears throat> what, what if anything should this characteristic uh, smite, to use a, a lovely old word, uh, smite <laughs> in us, mortify, um, put to death in us? Our, in our desire to go our own way. Mm-hmm. Of, we're in control of our lives and nobody has the ability to speak into mm-hmm. it and you can't judge me. Mm-hmm. This is uh, not where we're supposed to be unified and, and we're supposed to be working together playing you know playing it, people can speak into our life and say mm-hmm. hey i see this yeah maybe that's you know something you need to be cautious about yeah. and that's actually coming around to the humility of mind it is at, too at, it at, is. The, at the end as well <clears throat> uh, we have sort of a chiastic uh structure going on here yeah uh in the text unity of mind on on one end humility of mind on, on the on other the end of it uh that we're going to get to here uh but certainly this should put off divisiveness uh, being quarrelsome, mm-hmm. un- just unnecessarily argumentative. Yeah, these kinds of things. Like James, yeah, that's right. Yeah. What yeah. causes mm-hmm. quarrels and fights among you? It's just mm-hmm. your passions, un- yeah. un- unattained passions. That yeah, right. It's going to be very difficult for us to strive together for the faith of the gospel when we're striving against each other instead of with each other in the the, the basic truths and purpose yeah. that the scriptures are giving to us as a church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this unity of mind, what about, he says, sympathy? What does Peter imply by sympathy? Absolutely. So, I mean, we're to care for one another. Like when we see, so Paul puts it in a, a different way. He says, you know, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Mm-hmm. Um, for Peter, I mean, he's dealing with people who are suffering. So he's going to, he's, he's focusing on that side. But um, as a church, we have sympathy for each other. As we go through mm-hmm. hard things, the rest of the church they mourn with us. Yeah. And again, it kind of brings it right back to that, you know, beatitudes and blessed are those who mourn because they, they receive comfort. And so as they mourn, 
they get comforted by God, that mm. comfort by God, they can then extend yeah. to other people. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and I think what I appreciate there is you drawn out um, that the, we're talking about Christian sympathy. Mm-hmm. So we're not just talking about, I mean, you know, you see the, the Sally Struthers commercials about the, the dogs and stuff like that. Right, and, right. And, you know, you want, you, you, as a human being, you just have some kind of natural sympathy towards, mm-hmm. you know, hurting animals in this case, and but hurting human beings and whatnot. But there's a difference between just sort of our natural sympathy and right. Christian sympathy. And, and it seems like with Christian sympathy, there's sort of this impactful collision of identifying two different ways. You're not only feeling with a person's hurts, and, and, and again, to be, to be um, specific to the text here, the hurts of those within your local mm-hmm. body of Christ. Yep. But you're also identifying with the heart of Christ. Absolutely. So it's the hurts of the Christian and the heart of Christ. And those two things are being brought together so that mm-hmm. while you're identifying with that person in their hurts, you're, you're being mindful to apply the balms and the promises right. and, the, and the truths of the gospel to this person. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so sympathy there. Um, how about, I'm going to skip over what I think is at the heart of this, again, <laughs> to be nerdy here, the chiastic structure. Yeah. Um, but let's go to tender heart. What, is, what does he mean by tender heart? Sure. Uh, tender heart. Uh, I mean, we're moved. So sympathy is that, that uh, desire, that kind of drawing in. We talk about, you know, Jesus mm-hmm. actually being drawn to sin in a sense where he mm-hmm. sees us in our sin and actually comes to us. So there's the side of the, the interest level, the, yeah. the I'm moved mm-hmm. and there's the actual movement. And I think it, yeah. that, that tender hearted sees, I not only see a need and care for you, but I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. So, yeah, I see the tender heart as the source of Christian sympathy. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they're playing together there. Sure. Um, uh, this is being a tender heart is being easily affected by and or sensitive i think to god's word Mm -hmm. uh, and then to our own our own needs our own sinfulness our own humanity a little bit of humility kind of playing in there that's right that's right that's right so that we're then able to to sit down with someone with just their their wide-ranging um, needs and and trials and hurts or whatever it may be and we're able to really sympathize with them uh, in a way that's true to to Christ so yeah the tender heartedness uh, I used to have uh, when I was in seminary um, the church that I was I was a part of there um, the the pastor uh, one of the pastors anyway he was he was a biblical counselor and his uh, his I'm gonna give, give away his email address here maybe it's not this anymore but anyway it was like habitual tenderness was his mm-hmm. his kind of thing and um, but uh, so that's what we're wanting to be here we're wanting to be habitually tender mm-hmm. which again you can just feel in all these things I think hopefully you can you can get a sense of how distinct the church is to be from the world around us and, and how we're relating to to yeah. one another yeah. yeah yeah you don't you don't hear the word talking about uh men leaders being tender that's not the, the habitually norm. tender yeah. tender-hearted sympathetic yeah. yeah okay humble mind he yeah, says a humble mind yeah we've touched on i mean it, it, obviously he's already talked to masters and servants and husband wives there's this idea of submission mm-hmm. it requires us to kind of put ourselves yeah. in another person's shoes mm-hmm. to not 
put our priorities at the top. I mean, that's, that's our, that's, that's our challenge. We, we constantly want to put Mm -hmm. our priorities first Mm -hmm. and whether that's, you know, in our daily, just as we're working or if that's, you know, as we come together as a community. Yeah. Yeah. When we put our priorities first above community, it kills community Mm -hmm. right at the, and just hacks it down. And so, yeah, humility of mind is the opposite of that. It says, now I'm going to put priorities that are not necessarily mine at this moment. I'm going to put them in front. That's right. I'm going to crucify my preferences Absolutely. in order to prioritize Jesus yep. in the midst of this community. Yeah. Uh, this has to do, I think, as well with being just agreeable, you know, just being generally agreeable. Yeah. Let, let um, your reasonableness yeah, be known. Re- I mean, this... Exactly. Philippians 4 there. People are going to um, sin, even in, even in the church. People are going to sin against yes. us. And how we respond, yep. you know, we could be, there's one thing to be forgiving. It's another thing to yeah. go... You know, I know where you are. I'm letting this one slide. Yeah, right. So agreeable, teachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, too, uh, maybe maybe uh, from Peter's frame of, of reference, again, it's, yeah, so we have various areas in our lives where we're called to be submissive, um, you know, cross, reflective of the cross of Christ. Uh, but certainly that also applies to the apostolic teaching of, you know, mm-hmm. of the truth. Uh, Peter is teaching them the way that they're supposed to be. And a humble mind is going to go, okay, I see the ways that I'm not being Christ-like or cross-reflecting. Right. And I'm going to bow my heart and my mind and my will to the Lord, mm-hmm. to the risen Lord Jesus and, and the truth of his word. So, okay. So we, we've had um, unity of mind. Sympathy, tender heart, humble mind. But at the very center of that, mm-hmm. brotherly love. Brotherly love. Love, right? So yeah, love, but brotherly, brotherly love. love. I, I think the, mm-hmm. the important thing here yeah. is going to be family. Uh-huh. Um, so we're yep. brothers and sisters of Jesus, and we're all connected to a common father. There should mm-hmm. be this family, both resemblance and we, we've already talked sympathy. And it's it's we have the love of a family. So there is that, that there's a priority built in there of loving this group that's supposed to be near and dear to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, yeah, we're supposed to be loving. That's a sort of, God says, you know, God is love. It's, it's lived out in community. It's not Mm -hmm. something we can really, I mean, it's, it's hard to, some of the things we can try to do, we can try to be faithful. We can try to, you know, do a lot of things alone, but it's, pretty hard to love mm-hmm. each other without being in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been born just like we've been born into a natural family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we've been born again, supernaturally into another kind of family. That's right. Uh, from, from every tribe, tongue, language, culture, whatever, that's going to last forever. That's mm-hmm. going to go on forever. Yeah. And so, uh, there is, um, Definitely a sense in in this passage, and again, I think at the very heart of it, at which uh, Peter's just saying you need to, as a Christian, prioritize the family of God in Christ when it comes to laying down your life for their good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's kind of like what Paul says in Galatians six, right? It's uh, you know, do good to everyone. Mm-hmm. But especially, especially the household yeah. of faith. Yeah. So there needs to be a, a prioritized attention given mm-hmm. to the well-being of, of your local church. Yeah, I think another important thing that we pull out with this love is the idea that, that forgiveness and mercy being 
linked. I mean, humility, we're, we're getting into like a, how do you address it before it becomes an issue? But with love, we start talking about how do we actually forgive and show mercy to one another? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Following Jesus example. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's the five keys. There's the five keys to this essential cruciform fellowship. Uh, unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Quickly, any thoughts on how to develop those characteristics in community across, say, our church or, or mm-hmm. in another church? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd start with a very practical one is uh, read the Gospels. Um, read, um, so I mean, the epistles are great. Read the Gospels and really see Jesus focusing on our behavior. Not because he wants us to show right behavior, you yeah. know, just apart from our heart, but because we see it actually lived out in the example of Jesus, in the example of the disciples. And there's a great practical first step you can do on your own. Read the Gospels and see faith lived yeah. out. And then from there, move on to make some intentional relationships in the church. I mean, yes, you have a whole community, but Mm -hmm. strive to build people who have been in the faith longer than you, uh, parents, yeah. you know, people who are haven't gone as far as you, who you can mentor. Yep. They'll develop those practical, tight, close relationships within the body. Mm-hmm. And then from there, move on to extend it. So I, it is yep. really about making intentional steps to build community. Yep. Yep. I think it's about immersion. And I don't mean baptism. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think it's... We have a tendency, even as Christians, to be too immersed in our culture. Mm-hmm. And the more immersed we are in our culture, the less we're going to be like Jesus yeah. towards one another. And I think Peter, clearly in the letter, is just focusing us. He's saying, look at the cross. Mm-hmm. See Christ crucified for you. See yeah. how he endured that cross for the joy that is set before him. And so just set your sights on the cross, set your sights on him, understand who you are as a Christian, as a member of a local church, what you're supposed to be in this world for the glory of God, and just focus yourself there, you know, be immersed in that mm-hmm. and, and begin to grow in grace. The only way that you're going to grow in grace is by, is by keeping your eyes set on Jesus. Right. So, so be immersed in, in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be good if you're in a local church that saturates you with the gospel. Yep. Any final thoughts, brother? I think we've covered it. Uh, <laughs> this has been a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I would just say, yeah, we just want our church to be this so badly. Yeah. I would just make it a point of prayer. And so if you're, you're members of our church, we just call you to, to pray, make it a point of, uh, of prayer that, that we would be a church that is displaying the cross in our relationships with one another um, as, as a testimony to the world that mm-hmm. Jesus was not only been crucified, but that he is, in fact, very much alive and well. Very much alive. Within us. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Thanks.